0: Isn't he wonderful? I like I you. God.
1: Mother
0: Shirley, Hallelujah, oh, we're so good to see you folks here. I, I know it's a long ride. We're hoping you'll be able to hide a night. And believe God, that door's gonna open for y'all up there in Newport Richie. Oh, oh, hallelujah. hallelujah. Rob again, we're so excited you're here. Hallelujah. We want you to feel at home. Thank you, Jesus yeah. says he is the great I am. Hallelujah. He just is. He always has been always will be. That's impossible for us to wrap our mind around. He has no beginning and no ending, but he's the great I am. Hallelujah. And he's our God, folks. He's our God. He's not somebody else's God. That's our God. Hallelujah. He's your father. He cares for you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He hears you when you cry. How awesome. How awesome is that? So wonderful! If you have your Bibles, we are going to go to the Book of Philippians, chapter three, and um, the area of Scripture that I'm reading from is Philippians three, verses one through eleven. And I realize the time we got started a little bit late, and um, and so I'm not going to read all of it, but I encourage you to read that portion Mm -hmm. of Scripture, Philippians chapter three, verses one through eleven. I'm going to read. Verse number one, and, um, and, then, uh, and then I'm going to jump down, um, skip down, just because of time, and I'm going to get down to around verse number, uh, verse number nine, okay? So verse number one, this is the Apostle Paul writing to the church at Philippi. Somebody say Philippi. Philippi. That's going to be important to this whole message, okay? I want you to remember that he's writing to the church at Philippi hallelujah finally my brethren rejoice in the Lord folks that's powerful advice from the Apostle Paul if we rejoice in our bank account it's going to be empty someday if we rejoice in our health we're going to be sick someday Uh if we rejoice in our job they're going to have a restructuring someday but if you rejoice in the Lord he never changes hallelujah he never changes he's the same yesterday today and forever To write the same things to you, to me, indeed, is not grievous, but for you it is safe. You will find that pastors and preachers will preach the same thing a lot of times. Did you know it takes seven times for somebody to hear something before they get it? On average? Hallelujah, in this place it's about 15 times. But anyways, hallelujah, you guys are a bit above average in that way, or under average, I'm just joking. Going down to verse number nine. This is now the Apostle Paul. I'll go to verse eight, let me, let me get to verse eight. Hallelujah, let me go to verse seven, I'm sorry, this is such rich stuff, it really is, it's very good. Verse number seven. But what things were gained to me, those I counted lost for Christ. He began to speak about his experience and, and the Apostle Paul was Saul of Tarsus, a great leader of the Jews, very wealthy and very respected. And he said, I counted all of those lost because I wanted to get a hold of Jesus. The most important thing to me was getting hold of Christ. Yea doubtless, and I count all things but loss, for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord for whom I have suffered the loss of all things. Woo! When he made that decision to live for Christ, he lost everything. Yeah. That's quite a decision to be made. In fact, many of the disciples did. You can read in the book of Acts chapter two. They had to sell, folks had to sell the possessions to support people that lost everything. And we may come to that day again, folks. The, the Christian church may come under persecution. But he said, I've, I've suffered the loss of all things. But look what he says, and I do count them but dung. Everything I had is not, no, has no more value than, than a cow pad out there in the field. Hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs> he called it dung, praise God, that I may win Christ. Look at that in verse number nine and be found in him not having my own righteousness, which is of the law. Again, we cannot make ourselves righteous by doing good, not having my own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness, which is of God by faith. There is a righteousness and that means right living, by the way that comes by God through faith. If you have true faith in God, your life will be transformed and sin will be left at the door or in the bottom of the baptismal tank. Hallelujah. And you will begin to live a totally different lifestyle. And it's wonderful. It's real. And then verse number 10 says that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death. If by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead. I want to speak for a few moments tonight on this subject uh, beyond you. Beyond you. We don't have any full Spanish speakers here, so we won't go bilingual tonight. But let's lift our hands and pray. And ask God to have his will and speak to our hearts. Jesus, we love you. We thank you for your mercy and your power. We thank you for your truth, your word. Oh, Lord, the blessing of the kingdom. My God, my God. It's been so incredible what you've done for us and the joy of your spirit. Oh, hallelujah! Anoint us tonight. Anoint, oh God. Let your word, Jesus, penetrate our souls. Give us a full understanding of what can be done in our lives. And Jesus, I stand before you as nothing. Anoint my lips, Lord. I'm just clay. Let everything that leaves them be inspired of your spirit to have your way. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Let's clap our hands under the Lord. Hallelujah! Isn't God good? All the time. Hallelujah. He is good all the time. Praise God. You can take your seats. Anybody going to help me tonight? We're going to try to go quickly. I've got seven pages of notes, so you better help me. Hallelujah. It'll get a little scary. But uh, by the way, this morning we had a, a really incredible time, and that teaching is already posted on CastBox. If you go to CastBox and look for the channel, Church of Pentecost Tampa, there's a lot of the teaching there, and what was taught this morning is already there. Don't bypass the first gift. Uh, You need to go listen to that, and you need to let folks listen to it. It's It's a very important teaching about the first gift that God has given us outside of his precious son. But here Paul, in this portion of Scripture, really begins to express his true desire to lay aside who he was, what he was, and everything that he stood for to get a hold of the things of Christ. This is oftentimes the transition that many of us face when we come to the knowledge of the truth. I personally had to give up a lot of things to get my hands on the kingdom of God. The Bible says lay hold on salvation. You have something to do with it. Lay hold on salvation and don't let it go. And you cannot lay hold on salvation if your hands are still occupied with things that are not of God. Yeah, okay. and, so, and so Paul in his writing is talking about all these things I had didn't mean anything to me. My wealth, my position, my religious authority, none of that. I laid it all aside. It was but dung because I wanted to know Jesus and to know his way and to know his will. The Apostle Paul was transformed. He said he was the chief of sinners, the worst of all sinners, he called himself. And, uh, but we find that the Apostle Paul was completely transformed by the power of God and has written over half of the New Testament. Three dynamic missionary journeys. And uh, he stood before kings and stood before paupers. Hallelujah. It didn't matter to him. And he took the message everywhere. And let me tell you, Christianity and the move of God and that early harvest, the, the former reign is what we call it, was highly driven by this man. And he gave his life. He was beheaded for Jesus Christ. He said, I'm ready to die. In fact, he said, for me to die, it's gain. I get to go to heaven. That's a different perspective, isn't it? Uh, we're all trying to hold on to life but paul got his hands on eternal life and he was ready to go at any minute hallelujah it's a wonderful thing to have that kind of faith in your soul yeah. Yeah. and so he is completely transformed and he tells us that that this is what christianity is about he wrote to the church at corinth in second corinthians 5 and 17 he said therefore if any man be in christ he is a new creature there is this incredible transformation. There is this letting off of everything from before Christ to, to the putting on of a bunch of wonderful things made in Christ. Hallelujah! So he said. He said. He said. We become a new creature. He said. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. I had that personal experience myself. Uh, I, I was a beer drinker, a heavy beer drinker, twelve pack a night up to twelve pack a night. Uh, if my wife was not home if she was she'd stop me at four thank god for my wife hallelujah and uh two packs a day and uh and when i came out of that water baptized in jesus name you couldn't even smell smoke on me that's a new creature folks yes, i never desired a cigarette Amen. or alcohol again isn't god powerful isn't god powerful you see, Christianity isn't a set of new set of rules and regulations uh, to try to help us live right. It's not a step program. It is a supernatural transformation of the mind, body, spirit, and soul that only God can do. Hallelujah. And it happens when we obey the gospel, when we repent. Uh, and that's what we talked about this morning. When we say, God, I've had enough of doing it myself. Uh, God, take over. That's repentance. Uh, yeah. Forgive me for everything I've done wrong. Uh, hallelujah. And even the things I don't know that are wrong. And anything that's in my life that's not your will, Jesus. I'm asking you to help me get rid of it. Hallelujah. That's true repentance. And then the scripture says we're baptized in the name of Jesus, hallelujah, for the release from the bondage of sin, it's so powerful, I've seen heroin addicts come out of the water set free, me as an alcoholic, said come out of the water set free, I have seen people that were addicted to porn come out of the water set free it doesn't matter what the addiction is the blood of Jesus is more powerful than any addiction, the blood of Jesus is more powerful than any chain, hallelujah and when you're baptized in his name you're on a good path to becoming a completely new creature, hallelujah Amen. It is so awesome. It is so awesome. Yes, it is. The book of Galatians, chapter six, the apostle Paul writes about the not the, 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 the law and all of the perfect rules and regulations that God gave. And we talked about this uh, uh, the other night. It's on. It's on. Cast I believe, almost perfect religion and the law itself and everything that God gave Moses was perfect, but it failed because of the weakness of human flesh. Nobody could, could change the Adam nature by that law. Right, right. That's why we are born again of water and spirit. Yes. But Paul writes in Galatians 6, dealing with the church where folks had come and tried to force them to obey certain parts of the law. He said, for in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision availeth anything nor uncircumcision. And That's all talking about the law and the Abrahamic covenant. He said, but a new creature. It doesn't make a difference, your religiousness. Yeah. You've got to be a new creature. Yeah. And that yeah. comes from Jesus. Only he can make us a new no. creature. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. So, Paul, so Paul writes, and, and, and it's intimated in the book of Philippians that we read from, that, that we really die to ourselves when we come to Jesus. That's Amen. called repentance. That's like, okay, God, I've already messed up this, this bunch of clay. Can you remake me? and can you make me who you want me to be? Uh-huh. And he'll do it. And you say, I may have wasted too many years. No, 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 I've said it this morning. God inhabits all of time. So if you've lived 50, 60 years and feel like you can't do anything for God, that's wrong. Hallelujah, because God can reach into your past because he's still there in your past and he can change things. Hallelujah, so that your future comes to the expected end. The book says that he had already planned for you before you were born. Yeah. Isn't God awesome? Yeah. Yes, amen. Hallelujah. That's not an excuse to keep living in sin. You're missing out on the fun if you keep living in sin. I have more fun now than I ever did getting drunk, paying bulls, throwing gold. Hallelujah. God's good. God's good. But he does. He says, He says, I'm dying out to these old things, and I left them behind. And In the book of Galatians chapter 2, he put it this way. I am crucified with Christ. That's repentance. We die. The old man dies. All that stuff, we decide it's not worth it. It's not, it has no value compared to the kingdom of God. He said, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. Yeah. Yeah. You see, when you have a full Christian experience, you're going to have the spirit of Christ in you. And Christ lives in you, the spirit of Christ. And it transforms you. And he says, now the life that I live is not in the flesh. I'm not living according to the flesh. I tried it, and it failed. Hallelujah. I tried to quit drinking five times, and it never worked. I quit smoking. The longest I went was almost a week. And then I went up to the backwoods of Canada. Hallelujah. And uh, I found out that rolling up oak leaves just don't quite do it. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and anyways, my sister came up with a pack of marble lights about five, six days later, and wouldn't you know I started smoking again didn't get five days. you can't do it by the flesh yeah, that's right. you can't do it by the flesh so he said he said, I'm crucified so you die to your own self he said nevertheless I live yet not I but Christ liveth in me and the life which I now live in the flesh uh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me so I'm still here I'm still in the flesh uh, yeah. but now I've got a power that's over that flesh and that's Christ in me greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world what an awesome promise. I'm telling you, hallelujah. Just because you got baptized and got the Holy Ghost doesn't mean that you're not going to be tempted and going to have times in your life that you have to do the wrong thing. But the Bible says if we walk full of the Spirit, we will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. When you're anointed in the Holy Ghost, uh, the Apostle John said, he said, it's impossible for you to sin. That's in the book, folks. Yeah. Yeah. The Apostle John said that if you are in Christ and full of the Spirit, it's impossible. The Spirit keeps you. How many want to be so saturated with the Holy Ghost that the devil doesn't have a millimeter in your life? Hallelujah. Again, he declares to the church at Corinth in 1 Corinthians, he said, listen, I die daily. (laughs) In other words, I have to keep on making sure my past stays my past. And so as we get this transformative power of God, hallelujah, this transformative power of God, uh, we must... We must die daily. We must allow ourselves uh, uh, to keep the Adam nature down and be continually filled with the spirit of life, which is the spirit of God. And uh, we learn through the scripture that it's absolutely possible to walk like Christ. Yeah. I think it's cliche, but people say, I want to be like Jesus was. My goal is to walk like Jesus. Can I tell you it's possible? Yes, It Amen. is possible not through your own ability but through the power of god's spirit and the chains and everything being broken by the blood of the lamb in the book of acts chapter 11 verse number 26 uh, it's talking about antioch and uh, when they had found paul he brought uh, found him he brought him unto antioch and it came to pass that a whole year they assembled themselves with the church and taught much people and the disciples were called christians first in Antioch, that word, Christianos, in the original language, the Greek, literally means Christ-like. Yeah. They looked at them and they said, these guys are just like that Jesus of Nazareth. Yeah. In fact, it comes from the root word, Christo, which means the anointed one. Yeah. So, so it, you can, but it's dependent upon the anointing. Yeah. Hallelujah. yeah. Everything that Jesus said, I don't do in my own power, but the Father that dwells in me, he's talking about the eternal spirit. You can live above sin. You can walk with the power of God. You can live a holy lifestyle, and you can miss out on all of the problems that sin brings into your life when you are walking full of the Holy Ghost. And the beginning of your walk with God is for your personal transformation, and it's to make your life better. Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and that more abundantly. And the longer that we live without sin, and the longer we live sowing seeds of righteousness, we begin to reap all the good stuff we sown, and we're moving further away from the bad stuff we sown. You do reap what you sow and if you look at your life and look at it honestly, 90% of the problems that we face are a sin issue. Hallelujah. I had problems because I drank too much. I had problems because I was smoking. I had problems because I was watching stuff on TV that made me do things I shouldn't do. Hallelujah. But when I got rid of all that stuff and let the Holy Ghost have its way, we oh, It's a good life living for Jesus. It's a good life living for God. It really is. Hallelujah. And so we find that the Bible tells us we can be Christians, which means Christ-like. Christ-like. Now, it starts with the anointing. That word Christo in Christians means anointing, and you've got to have the anointing. But it goes beyond that. It really does. You can't do it just by having the Holy Ghost. I don't care how much spirit you got and how much you pray in tongues, you will not reach the place you need to be yeah. without the fivefold ministry. Yeah. Yes, That's amen. Right. The book says it. I'm going to read it to you. Hallelujah. The bo- Jesus said this. He said, I'm the vine, you're the branches. You've got to abide in me, and I've got to abide in you. He said, without me, you can do nothing. Well, what was he talking about? The vine itself is the body of Christ. Yeah. You've got to be attached to the body. You take a branch and cut it off the vine, it's going to die. And then out of that vine flows the living part, the fluid, uh, through the xylem and the phloem, if you want to know, hallelujah, and uh, and, and that is light, and that's the spirit of Christ. Yeah. And you've got to be connected to a body, a local assembly. It's so essential. But here in uh, the book of Ephesians chapter 4, verse number 11, this is now the apostle Paul writing, he said, and he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists, and let me just talk briefly about apostles and prophets. The Bible says that the foundation of the church The church itself is built upon the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, which means they aren't here anymore. We got them. When you you have a building, you've got a foundation laid. You you don't have and you don't relay the foundation. And so so I know titles, people love titles. They love I'm I'm prophet so-and-so, I'm apostle so-and-so. The scripture tells us that the foundation has already been laid. We've got it in the Bible, folks. Yeah. We've got that foundation already in the Word of God. We don't need apostles so-and-so and prophet so-and-so. But there are men that fulfill roles similar to an apostle, yes. And, and there's people that are used in the gift of prophecy. And anybody in this house can be used in the gift of prophecy. And it's wonderful. And we're praying for that. We want to see the, the signs and the wonders and, and the spiritual gifts given. But if you get used in the gift of prophecy, that does not mean you're a prophet. It just means that God used you at that particular time Amen. in that gift. And uh, and uh, I've been used in the gift of prophecy. That doesn't mean I'm a prophet. Hallelujah. Yeah, I just yeah. happened to avail myself to the spirit. But so as he gave us some apostles and some prophets. How many are glad we're apostolic? Yeah. 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 We don't need doctrine that came later. We don't need teaching. That came from some man in some theological institute that's contrary to the Word of God. I had a good discussion with Francisco today about what they call papal authority. In around the year 400, uh, they began to they began a doctrine that said the Pope can come up with any teaching he wants, uh, and it doesn't matter if it's contrary to the Bible. His new revelation sticks uh, and it overrides the Bible. I'm telling you, friend, we don't need any new Johnny Come Latelys. Uh, we've got the precious Word of God, and it is sufficient. It is entirety for what we need. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And that whole Pope thing, I mean, they began to teach that babies got to be baptized. And original sin, everybody is guilty of original sin. That was under papal authority. That was that doctrine. And they said that everybody's guilty of the sin of Adam and Eve. Therefore, if a baby's not baptized, it's going to die and not make it to heaven. Tell that to the mother who had a child that breathed five breaths. And then all of a sudden is dead. That is ridiculous. The scripture said children are innocent. Jesus said, let them come unto me. Hallelujah. You got to become like one of them. Babies don't need to be baptized The scripture said baptism is the answer Of a good conscience towards God You got to know what you're doing Before you're baptized Hallelujah. But they started this whole teaching Of babies being baptized Then they began to teach that the priests couldn't marry And that was all a money ruse because they controlled Europe, and Europe uh, they, at that point it was a, it was now law under the Catholic Church. They were the government that 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 every wealthy family and all the leaders, their firstborn son had to become a priest. And so, if the priest couldn't marry and didn't have a wife and didn't have children, where does the inheritance go okay. after he dies? It went to the church, yeah. and the firstborn got the majority of the inheritance. What a yeah. wicked teaching! But that's yeah. papal authority. Yeah. In, in between the years uh, 1250 on up to around 1500 you could not have a Bible you would be killed if you had a Bible yeah. only the ministry were allowed to have a Bible and by the way it was papal authority that every service should be in Latin when nobody understood Latin Yeah. how many are glad we're apostolic we're built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets I love milk but I don't like it spoiled. This is the pure milk. This is the real way. This is the Christian path. Oh, thank God. They thank God. Praise to I grew up Catholic, folks. I had a priest trying to get me drunk and naked. I know the results of that wicked teaching. Hallelujah. Yeah. Woo. We are apostolic. And I'm not ashamed of it. We're Jesus' name. We're not Jesus only. Amen. We're Amen. Jesus' name. We believe in the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. And Isaiah 9 tells us that that Son is the counselor. That's the Holy Ghost and is the everlasting Father. Read it Isaiah 9 and 6. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder and his name, which means his position, his office shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God. There can only be one Mighty God. If there are two, they're half-mighty. Hallelujah. The Mighty God, the Everlasting Father. The Bible says that the Son is the Everlasting Father. And when you get that revelation, He becomes the Prince of Peace in your life. Oh, what a mighty God we serve. Jehovah. Hallelujah. Ain't God good? Ain't God good? Amen. And so and so we find that God has given us that foundation of the apostles and the prophets and we teach just what they gave us. And the reason why we do that is they got it directly from the Lord. The scripture says that we teach what was taught by those who got it directly from Jesus. So he taught them and they taught us and we keep it. But then he said there's some evangelists. Now, these are the ministries that are currently active today and there's a reason for them. He gave evangelists, pastors and teachers. And these are part of the five-fold ministry. And by the way, being a teacher is not less than being a pastor. Is not less than being an evangelist. I think people get uh, this mindset, I've got to reach some uh, some eschatological ladder top and all of that. No, if you fit where you fit and you do the will of God, you are absolutely right where you need to be. If we're all going to be standing before God, hallelujah, and judge equally. You say, I've only got one talent. Well, use it. Hallelujah. And if you got five talents, well, bless God, you need to use those two. Hallelujah. So... So he says that we have evangelists and pastors and teachers, and then he says for the, look at this, for the perfecting of the saints. Yeah. Nobody's perfect. I'm going to hear that all the time. Nobody can be perfect. That's not what the book says. The book says that through great teaching the word, through the allowing of the spirit, you can walk perfect. Amen. I know that's not popular today in the majority of denominations because they don't have the Holy Ghost. And, they ain't gonna come close to perfect, and I know, uh, I know, I I know I'm not perfect. Let me tell you, there are times that I fail. My wife will be the first one to tell you it's it's that way. But it's not like I'm crawling. There are there are days and periods of time that I go on that I don't have any issues and all of that. And then if I'm not prayed up full of the Holy Ghost, I might slide back a little bit. And my God, my wife is there ready to push me back. Whoa! Hallelujah. Thank God for a good wife. Hallelujah. Amen. It's a precious gift. And so, and so, but you can, folks, you can walk and live above sin. You don't have to sin every day. That's false teaching. Right. You don't have to sin every week. That's false teaching. If you go by the word of God and the spirit of God and let God use his ministry to teach you, you will have days that you walk perfectly. Yeah, How beautiful is that? Because when we walk in perfectly is when we run into trouble. Yeah. Yeah. How many here said something you wish you didn't? Yeah. yeah. That- oh, yeah. That tongue, man, that's a fire. Yeah. That's, why the God, that's why God chose speaking the tongues as a sign. Yeah. And, and, and Peter writes about controlling the whole boat just by the little tongue in the back. Let me tell you, if you pray every day in the spirit, you will most likely not say something you regret it's an awesome thing isn't it i'm telling the truth you pray in the holy ghost every day there's something about that tongue it gets under control hallelujah and that's the most hard part of our body to control so he said all this is for the perfecting of the saint for the working of the ministry for the work of the ministry for the edifying of the body of christ god has given us pastors evangelists and teachers to build up the individual members of the body and every, every person here, you have a unique role in this place. It's wonderful. It's powerful. And God wants to use you. And the ministry will help you grow into that. But verse 13, till we all come in the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man. The Bible says that can happen. Yeah. Unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Wow. That's awesome. The Apostle Paul said, I've sold out. I've left everything behind because I want to know Jesus. In his fullness. We're almost done. We're almost done. So how exciting to think that we can, as a people, actually walk like Jesus walked. Jesus said something amazing in the book of John 14. And by the way, this is the area where he said, when you see me, you've seen the father. I and my father. I want in the same area he said, I'm going to pray the father and he sends you a comforter. And then he said, I'm not going to leave you a comforter. I'm going to come to you, leave you comfortless. I'm coming to you. That's where he claims he is the father and the Holy Ghost. But in the middle of it all, he says, verily, verily, I say unto you, verse 12 of John 14, he that believeth on me, the works that I do, shall he do also. And greater works than these shall he do because I go unto my Father. What is he talking about? That physical body, that human body, that flesh ascended into heaven. And he said, You guys are going to continue on the work. Right. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He declared he was the Father. He said, when you see me, you've seen the Father. Jesus is the express image of the invisible God, the eternal spirit, which is the Father. Everything you're going to know of God and see of God is in the face of Jesus Christ. He also said that I am the Holy Ghost. In Matthew 28, he said, lo, I'm with you always, even until the end of the world, folks. That's the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Yeah. But, but in the middle of all, he says, I'm going to my Father. The physical body is going. And so now he's telling us that we're taking on that role. That's why the apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians 12, you are the body of Christ and the members in particular. The church now is fulfilling the role of the body of Christ. And that's why he said greater works than these shall you do because now the church is all over the face of the earth. Jesus was limited in his physical body by where he could be. Yes, great miracles happened wherever he was, but they were happening wherever he was. And now he is, the body, is all over the face of the earth. Yeah, and so while there's miracles happening here in the United States, there's miracles going on in China, there's miracles going on in Africa, there's miracles going on in Cuba. Hallelujah, because God is now moving through his body everywhere. How many want to be a part of that earth-shattering, earth-shaking, miracle-giving church? Hallelujah. And that's exciting. That is exciting. In fact, he told his disciples, he said, ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost comes upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me. And I think we oftentimes think that our witness uh, and the power of our witness is all wrapped up in the boldness that comes from the Holy Ghost, and the Holy Ghost will make you bold, and the miracles that happen through his power that is in us. And you know that's an important part of it, but I want to tell you that's not your greatest witness. Yeah. If you go and pray for people and they're healed of cancer, that is not your greatest witness. It's wonderful, and it's the will of God. If you get used in a message in tongues and it's interpreted, or if you prophesy and it comes to pass, that's powerful. That's wonderful. But that's not your greatest witness. If you live a holy lifestyle and an incredible example in front of your family and your coworkers, believe it or not, that is a good witness, but it's not your greatest witness. I want to talk to you now about what Paul touched on in the church of Philippi that is your greatest witness, our greatest witness. Paul touched upon this in verse 10. I want to go back to verse 10, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. He is talking now about the power of the Holy Ghost and the works that come, the miraculous works that come through the power of the Holy Ghost. And then he said, and the fellowship of his sufferings. That's not a comfortable thing to think about. That's a pretty hard thing to think about. But you see, the Apostle Paul fully understand the power of the witness of the suffering saint. He fully understand that the greatest witness that we have as individuals is that when we go through great suffering and maintain our identity as Christians and maintain our walk, That witness is what totally catches people's attention. When you're going through the ringer and you're still praising God. When you're sick in body and you're still thanking Jesus. When everything's falling apart around you and you still stand up and say the Lord is good. That's what catches people's attention the most. That's why he said, I want to be there in the power of his resurrection. But also in the fellowship of his suffering." Hallelujah. You see, the Apostle Paul knew all about it. In fact, did you know that the Apostle Paul was almost fully converted before he met Jesus on the road to Damascus? He was right on the edge of already believing in Christ before he ever met Jesus personally on the road to Damascus. Apostle Paul was Saul of Tarsus. He persecuted the church. He was chasing down the church. Hallelujah. And, uh, and uh, he was... Uh, but, uh, but the power of God. Paul was right on the edge of being completely converted before he met Jesus. This is essential to understand. The Bible tells us in Acts 9, Paul's conversion, he'd been persecuting the church, he'd been putting people in jail. He had letters now to put people in jail in Damascus. And verse number one says, Saul yet breathing out threatenings and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord. He was. He was after them. He was causing them to be killed. He was breaking up families, causing them to blaspheme. And all of this, uh, he went to go to Damascus. He had letters in his hand, uh, and he desired to take people in Damascus uh, and put them in jail. He had gotten permission from the high priest in Jerusalem, and he meets God, he meets Jesus. Jesus shines as a great light around him. In verse number four, he falls to the earth. This light shines and he falls to the earth off of his beast to burden. Whether it was a donkey or whether it was a camel or whether it was a, 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 a horse, I don't know. It doesn't tell us, but he fell off and he hears a voice from heaven. Verse four of Acts chapter nine. And he fell to the earth and heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? Now you gotta understand, Saul knows there's only one God. Saul fully understands that there's not two, there's not three. And he said, Who art thou, Lord? He began to realize that something was wrong with his theology. And Jesus answered, and the Lord said, I am Jesus. He didn't say, I am Jehovah. He didn't say, I'm the Father. He didn't say, I am Yahweh. He said, I am Jesus, because that's the name above every name. Father's a title. Jehovah's another form of title. Yahweh's another form of title. But the name of the one true God is Jesus. And by the way, when you get baptized in that name, it becomes part of you. You take on that name. It's awesome. If you've not listened to it, go to YouTube. Listen to it. To take on the name. You can search it out on YouTube. To take on the name and put down Church of Pentecost or my name, you'll get it. And to listen to it, it'll tell you all about it. It's awesome. I'm glad I'm not Jeff Fole anymore. I'm Jeff Fole Jesus. Amen. Woo! There's power in that, folks. Yes. You have incredible authority when you take on that name. But anyways, Jesus said, Jesus said I'm the Lord. I am Jesus whom thou persecutes. And then he said something incredible. He said, it is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. You see, the apostle Paul Saul, at this moment was already struggling in his heart He had been touched, he had been pricked. he had been spoken to, he had really begun to believe that this Jesus was the Messiah. Every bit of his pharisaical teaching and every bit of his flesh was screaming no, but everything in his heart was screaming yes. And so Jesus said it's hard for you to kick against the prick, it's hard for you to keep battling against what you're feeling, isn't it, Paul? That's basically what Jesus was saying. And, and it's hard for you to, and, and, then, and then he started to tremble and he was astonished. And He said, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? And I think it's very important to note that Jesus did not tell him the message of salvation. And the Lord said unto him, arise and go into the city and it shall be told thee what thou must do. Cornelius was a good man, a praying man. So good that an angel came to him and said, send for Peter. He's going to tell you words by which you and your household are going to be saved. God always uses the man of God. Ministry. That's part of it, folks. Hallelujah. You're going to need to have a pastor. The scripture says it. It's clear. But anyways, so Paul goes into Damascus and a man named Ananias comes in. Pray for him. Paul was blinded by the light. By the way, that's where that old song came from. Blinded by the light. You don't want to hear me sing it, but anyway,s <laughs> that's where it came from. And uh, and, uh, and 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 I pray for him. You like that, bro, don't you? Uh, I'll get some skin tight leather pants on and all that stuff. No, I won't. <laughs> you know, there's an incredible preacher out on the west coast that used to be a hard rock singer. Uh, he used to be a whatever they call it, heavy metal singer. What's his name, brother? Brother Rick Mayo. I've seen pictures of him. Long, bushy hair. They had a a famous song. What was the song that was famous that they sang? I can't remember. But, anyways, he got baptized, got the Holy Ghost, left that all behind. Now he's pastoring a thriving church out there. Isn't that awesome? Ain't God. It's a new creature, folks. He'll make you a new creature. All the drugs, all the stuff, everything that all wrapped around that lifestyle was gone. And now he's pastoring a powerful church. Isn't God good? Isn't God good? So, anyways, Saul. Saul gets told, and Ananias prays for him. Scales fall from his eyes, and Saul gets told by, the, by this man, Ananias. Said, he said to him, basically, Saul, what are you waiting for? Why tarriest thou in the, in the Old thing? He said, what are you waiting for? Rise and be baptized and wash away your sins, having the name of the Lord called over you in the original Greek. If I believed in Jesus, and I was ready to start this life, and I was fully repentant, I wouldn't wait a New York second to get in that water. Hallelujah, because that's where the chains are broken, and that's where we take on the name. So, Saul, Saul, Paul, was the chief persecutor of the church. He said in Acts 22 and 4, I persecuted this way unto the death, unto the death, binding and delivering into prisons both men and women. Galatians 1 and 13, he said, for you have heard of my conversation in time past in the Jews' religion, how that beyond measure I persecuted the church of God and wasted it. Paul said, I wasted it. Why are you telling me this? Because he watched the suffering saints and he watched them praise God in the midst of their suffering. He watched them continue in their faith, even though It was completely attacked and should have been ripped away from them. Paul saw multitudes of Christians suffer and suffer deeply for their faith. He most assuredly saw families torn apart. And let me tell you, whereby the anointing of God, even though their families were torn apart, they held themselves together because of the Spirit of God. That's where the pricks came. That was the witness that began to work on Saul and made him ready for when Jesus spoke to him. Let me tell you, your greatest witness is when you are deeply sick and you still worship God, when the doctor tells you you're going to die and you still love God, when you lose your job and you still say thank you Jesus when it's all going wrong and you're still being faithful to the house of God, that is the most powerful witness when you get beyond your knees, when you get beyond you, when you get beyond everything that's going on in you and you live for God in the middle of it all because you know there are people watching you and you want to be a witness that's the most powerful witness that you'll ever see. In fact, I personally believe that it was the death of Stephen. And The musicians could come. It was the death of Stephen that began the whole process. Acts chapter 7 tells us that Stephen was killed. He was stoned to death. As he began to preach and teach to the leaders of the Jews in the temple, they got so mad, they ran after him. They bit him. They actually bit him. And then they stoned him to death. And Saul was there. In fact, they took the clothes and laid it at Saul's feet. He saw this all. And the Bible says that the face of Stephen was like an angel. And as he's dying, he kneeled down and cried out with a loud voice, Lord, lay not this sin to their charge. And then he died. Now, folks, that's a witness. Not only was this man willing to die for Jesus, he was willing to ask forgiveness for his killers. Your greatest witness is when you are going through hell and you keep living for God. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm up for the miracles, I'm up for the operation of the gifts, but I'm telling you, some folks in this congregation are going to go through some very difficult times. You just hold on. First of all, you're going through. There is an end. Hallelujah. But you keep holding your faith. Don't stop coming to church. Don't stop praying. Don't stop worshiping God. Don't start letting that stuff hold you back. You keep living for God. And your family that you've been praying for is going to watch it and say, you know what? They really got it. Yeah. Your friends that are observing you are going to say, you know what? I think that faith is real. Hallelujah. How many want to be a witness? How many, wanna, how many want to? to? walk in the power of the resurrection you want god to use you in the anointing of the holy ghost but you're willing to have the fellowship of the suffering if it means someone's going to come to god amen Amen. hallelujah i'm going to finish up very very quickly very very quickly acts chapter 16 is one of the most powerful examples of paul living out what he spoke about Acts chapter 16, the Bible tells us that Paul is following the spirit and ends up in Macedonia in Philippi. This is a letter that he wrote. We opened up with what he wrote to the church in Philippi that started when the apostle Paul got there. This is all interconnected, folks. And so Paul goes to Philippi. Now, now he was following the spirit. So that anointing was critical because the Bible tells us he wanted to go to Asia, but the spirit told him no. Then he wanted to go to Bithynia, but the spirit told him no. And then he got confirmation, kind of like the frost. And he had a vision, the Bible says, in the night of a man saying, come on over to Macedonia, we need your help. He was not sleeping, he had a vision, it wasn't a dream. I believe he was wrestling in prayer. sometime in the late night to find the will of God. And you're gonna have to do that sometimes, folks. I've been here at three in the morning at times, four in the morning. This morning at 2 a.m., I was writing notes down for this message as God began to deal with me. You just gotta make yourself available. Hallelujah and you'll wrestle and he had a vision in the night and he went over into Macedonia and he went to the chief city called Philippi and he gets there and Lydia and her family were baptized the first thing he does is goes down to the river and prayers being made and he baptized this woman and his whole family revival starting he cast the devil out of a young girl a demon and she had a she had a a spirit of divination she could tell the future she could prophesy but it wasn't of God it was of Satan and by the way you need to understand that Satan Satan can do that and demons can do that. You play with tarot cards, you're playing with fire. You go to the palm reader, you're playing with fire. You go to the one at the carnival, you're playing with fire. You do a seance, you're playing with fire. Can I tell you the spirit of Samuel was called up by a witch in the Old Testament. It really happened. Saul went to a witch to hear from Samuel and his spirit was called up from the dead. That stuff is real. Don't mess with the devil. Don't give him an inch because he'll become the ruler before you know oh. yeah, don't mess with that stuff but anyways he cast the devil demon out of this young girl and then because he did that her owner she was a slave got mad and they falsely accused Paul and Silas they were whipped 39 lashes they were beaten they were thrown into the depths of the jail they were put in stocks they were in the worst part of the jail this is where the sewer runs the innermost part rats sewer all that stuff infectious disease and they're chained up and the Bible tells us in Acts chapter 16, now Paul understands, I'm willing to take the fellowship of your suffering if it's gonna help somebody, if it's gonna bring somebody to God. Jesus, whatever it takes, I'm willing to suffer if it, that's required. And so at midnight, the Bible says Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God. If there was ever a moment in his ministry he had a right to be down. He had a right to grumble. He had a reason, a justifiable reason to say something negative about living for God. It was right then and there. He was thrown in jail for doing the right thing. He was beaten for doing the right thing, but he didn't. He praised God. He prayed and he worshiped and all the people in the jail heard it. He wasn't quiet about it. Can you imagine all those guys in the jail? They must've been going, man, what a freak those two are. They've just been beaten, they're bloody, they're in the worst part of the jail and they're still singing praises to their God, yes, oh, hallelujah. Yes. But let me tell you, that began to move on their hearts. I'm telling you, that began to move on their hearts in the midst of all that suffering to hear Paul and Silas begin to praise and sing and all of that, I'm telling you that something happened to them. They, 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 they gotta be thinking, now, I wouldn't do that for my God. I wouldn't do that if I got thrown in here for Zeus or Madonna or Apollos or any of those. And the Bible says that God sent an earthquake and hear me now and suddenly there was a great earthquake. This is all type and shadow so that the foundations of the prison were shaken and immediately all the doors were open, not just Paul and Silas's, And everyone's bands were loosed. This is all type and shadow, folks. When you are going through it, all those people you've been praying for all that stuff that's been going on even the people that are persecuting you and you still are faithful and you praise God there's going to be a spiritual earthquake and you're going to see the bands loosed all all of them all of them and by the way the whole jailer and his family were baptized that night earthquake came at midnight and then the jailer was going to kill himself paul said don't do that we're all here Now, let me tell you, these folks had literally escaped jail. They had a jailbreak and they stayed there. Why? Because of the witness of Paul and Silas. Criminals don't stay in the jail when the doors open, folks. Yeah. I'm telling you, there was a conversion experience for those criminals just as much as there was for the jailer. And then the jailer was baptized. Same time. Same at that night. Let's stand to our feet. You know, in the book of Job, his name is mentioned 50 times. 50 times in the book of Job, you will find the name Job mentioned. He suffered greatly. His whole life was a period of suffering. You only find it mentioned once in the New Testament. And there's a reason why because the story of Job was already known to everyone. His suffering and his faithfulness had become a legend and became a strength for everyone that looked back to Job. In fact, James refers to him Behold, we count them happy which endure. James five and eleven. Ye have heard of the patience of Job. You don't see Job mentioned, but that scripture in the New Testament, because everybody knew about Job. Right. Everybody knew about his witness because he kept faithful during his suffering. And he said, and had seen the end of the Lord. Is there anybody here tonight that you're going to say, Jesus? It really doesn't matter what you got to do. I don't care what I need to go through. But if it means someone coming to God, I'm willing. Because what's the value of one's soul? I'm asking for some folks to come to this altar and make a pact with the Lord. Jesus, whatever needs to be done for somebody to know you, I'm willing to do it. If I've got to be sick, if I've got to suffer, whatever it is, I'm willing to go through it. If it means that somebody is impacted by that testimony. As they sing, this altar's open. Hallelujah. Oh, I love you, Jesus. If we can, let's make our way down to this altar. Hallelujah. It's 815. And, uh, and and let's just ask God to use us to make ourselves available. Hallelujah! Good job,